Hello and welcome to the Disney Doodah Podcast. My name is Brad from Wicked Mouse Travel, and I'm joined, as always, by my brother and lifelong Disney Parks fan, John. Say hey, John. Hey. <laughs> we are a bi-weekly podcast exploring all things Disney vacations from the Seven Seas Lagoon to Sail in the High Seas. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you listen. You always get me with that hey. <laughs> I, I tried a new thing. I waited. I was keeping yeah, you with anticipation. I thought your mic cut out for a second. <laughs> anyway, today there's not much news uh, about Disney Parks, so we're going to be uh, we're going to be talking a little news, which is pretty much like a one sentence news article for y'all. And then we might we might try to go away from the parks for a second, just for our news section, air quotes. And then secondly, we'll be talking about some must dos at two of the four Disney parks. I think we're going to do another two-parter back-to-back weeks as we did previously with bonus episodes. So without further ado, let's get started. So I mentioned the news. It's just just all bad news still. Um, The only news we really have is just instead of a Disney parks are closed until this date, we just now have Disney parks are closed indefinitely. So, which unfortunately I figured was coming anyway. Yeah, I mean it was it was kind of inevitable. You, we knew it was going to happen, but I'm sure they were kind of hedging their bets too, as a as a pretty big company to try to just push that indefinitely off. Because the moment you say indefinitely, they get to the where we are now, where you have to furlough your employees and everything because you don't foresee an opening. But you can keep them, soon, at least. Yeah, you can you can keep them on the payroll and stuff if you plan to reopen very soon. So I think it was a it was a very strategic plan to wait until the last minute to call that indefinitely. We knew it was coming. We hoped it wasn't. But um I mean conservative estimates they're you know, from what I've been hearing in the chatter, which is not nothing official, we're looking like June, July, so who knows? It all depends on how how quickly we get through this, how everyone shelters properly, reduces that, was it the curve, lowers the curve? Flatten the curve. Flattening the curve. There it is. Um, And so just be safe out there, guys. Um, We will let you know the more we know about Disney Parks, because we can't wait to get there, too. We're feeling you. But that was the only sad note. Today... I guess for our news, we're going to talk about one of the newer additions to uh, Disney Plus and the Disney Pixar lineup of movies, the movie Onward. Um, I actually actually hadn't gotten a chance to, to watch that movie until last night with my wife. And um, I had to say I really enjoyed it. I saw it uh, a few days ago. I mean, I, I liked it. Not one of my favorites, um, but I, I did enjoy it. I, I liked it. It just wasn't one of my favorites. Yeah, I'd like to also say, um, if you want to avoid spoilers about Onward, now would be the time to skip ahead. I'd say, you know, a a decent amount. I can't tell you exactly how much, how long, um, but we're going to be talking about for the first half of the episode. So at least skip halfway through, see where it picks back up, but we will be talking spoilers about the movie Onward. That said, okay, so... I actually really liked it because I think it did a lot of things differently than I expected it to. I mean, it had your hero's journey. That was kind of the entire point of the the movie where he started out, you know, these meek and meager character becomes a hero in the end. But 
I personally was worried it was going to focus on just the two kids the entire time, and that's pretty much it. Everyone else just kind of plays minor roles. And I per the very the thing I was most surprised about was the prominent role the mother played throughout the entire thing. Her character was a was a riot. Yeah, her the, the Manticore is funny too. Uh, oh the yeah, whole, the whole thing. My favorite character, honestly, was uh, oh my god, what the heck's his name? The, the cop. Yeah, the the boy. Really, <laughs> Colt Bronco. Colt Bronco. He was he just really me a little the, bit. And and when they disguised themselves as him, yeah, it was just that was that was really funny to me. Uh, but yeah, the the mom was def. It wasn't like an Andy's mom where she just there, happy birthday, and then she leaves the whole rest of the movie. Um. She, yeah, usually it's like with these type of situations when the kids are off doing their thing, it's the entire mom storyline is I'm stuck at home worrying, hoping, wondering where my kids are. But no, this this woman goes on her own quest and she is just she's insane. She is like not expected to be this hardcore. Yeah, I actually, she, <laughs> I, I laughed out loud. I did not expect the line son of a to oh, show man. up in a. In a Disney Pixar movie, when that mom just screamed, son of a owl, I lost it. I about spit my drink out. I was actually, um, I was actually drinking a, uh, I, um. A Dole Whip? The, re the remnants of a Dole Whip. Yeah, it was a, <laughs> kind of a, mel a melted Dole Whip. I was. They, they released the, uh, the official recipe for Dole Whips online, and I. I um, didn't even see that. Yeah, Disney Parks is releasing a lot of their, um, a lot of their recipes, and Dole Whip is one of them. It is just. Ice cream, vanilla ice cream, frozen pineapple, and pineapple juice. Like that is it. And so that's what that's what we were enjoying while watching this. And I almost, like I said, it was kind of melty um, by the time we got to it. But I was, um, I was at that part in the movie. I almost spit it out. Uh, <laughs> so, also, what I asked, I really liked is, I guess, towards the end, it really kind of turned the uh, the journey hero's journey trope on its head. Um, you know, cause like most, most of these types of stories end with happy ending. Everyone gets what they wanted. You know, it all worked out all right in the end. But the fact that Ian didn't even get to see his dad, like in, in a way though, it did end with the happy ending with everybody getting what they wanted. Because true. if you notice, Ian had that list. Of, he did get to do it all. He yes. did with his brother. So his brother was more of a father figure to him, which makes sense. He's older. Um, so Ian got what he wanted, and also he didn't know his father. So Barley True. got to say goodbye, which he never got to. So they, they did in a way, but I was definitely expecting them both to see him. Yeah, I was You'd expecting... hear him say yeah. stuff to him, but no. I was expecting something miraculous to happen, and for the mom and Ian to also get a little time with dad. And it just didn't happen that way, and I, I was like expecting it the whole time like all right well what when's the next twist gonna happen and suddenly but no like the, they the stuck, twist they was stuck, that <laughs> yeah they stuck to the fact that no ian had to sacrifice his visit with his dad so his brother could and that's that's like that is almost unheard of in these types of movies like it's usually everybody gets a happy ending technically they do yeah. But it was a roundabout way, and I really appreciated that. And also the whole twist with with Barley having that like, you know, sc scared to see his dad as he was dying. That like that really deepened the character. And they they waited until like three quarters of the way through the movie to throw that in there. Like you were pretty certain that Barley was a was a moron. 
yeah. a crazy fun moron. But like as soon as they threw that left hook in, you were like, oh, you just like your heart ripped open for the guy. Like it makes so much sense. Like it just all of his actions up until that point suddenly made sense. Mm-hmm. And like, like I mean, there was times where you you kind of you felt for him, like when they were pretending to be um, the police officer Colt, and <laughs> and Ian quote unquote lies saying his brother's not a screw up. Yeah, like yeah. that, you know, that made you like you know, it kind of kind of hit you in the feels a little bit right there. That like his brother just he had to do that in front of him, and that was that was rough. Yeah, and it was kind of like the person that the the person who was always there for him kind of stabbed him in the back. Yeah, he he had not expected his brother to look down on him that way because he never acted that way. But yeah, that was the whole thing was I mean, I, I was laughing pretty much the whole way through. So I very much enjoyed it. They did have a pretty good voice cast, too. Uh, and and, and yeah. especially people who normally aren't voice actors like Tom Holland and Chris Pratt. Yeah, um, they're usually live action. Hence the, the the Marvel movies and Chris Pratt was in the Jurassic world movies. So you usually see them in live action movies. And I mean, obviously Chris Pratt, he doesn't sound like himself, which was surprising. There are, too. There are times Holland, when he does. Yeah. But he kind of did disguise his voice a little bit to sound a little bit younger and kind of like how Barley mm-hmm. seems. Tom Holland is just Tom Holland. Yeah. I, when, when Barley would get like serious, like, you know, when he mm-hmm. was like, when he would get that kind of just, dad tone you know he would like talk turn to ian and have that that moment of like actual emotion and like seriousness that sounded just like chris pratt yeah and he he kind of pulled his normal voice out for those moments and you, like, you could even tell it was a different barley mm-hmm. like when he was saying like you can do this or i believe in you it was not the goofy role play on the kitchen table barley it was father figure you know caring for this brother who I raised almost like a son type of barley. Like he pretty much, you know, he looked, he looked to his brother almost as if he relied on him and he pretty much did. He just didn't realize it his whole life. And that was, I don't know. The whole, the whole story was, was strange and different. And I, in, in, in an unexpected, but fun way. And I just, I really appreciated all yeah, of that- the weird the the thing that like kind of surprised me is because for the most part, for the most part, Pixar kind of has human type figures as a background if they're yeah. even in it. Uh, Inside Out, True. um, they were kind of they were there and it was taking place inside a person, but it was all the inside. Um, for the most part, there are a couple that kind of feature uh, like human cars. More. Yeah, well, but. But this is the first one. I mean, they're not humans, but they are kind of human-esque. Yeah, they're human-esque, and they live lives like we do. Yeah, that whole thing was really cool. That like they pretty much lived in an alternate reality of ours. Like they were living very much in a parallel universe where they're like it's our lives. Just they're not human at all. Yeah, and, and it's not like a typical Pixar movie. Like, you know, those Pixar theaters where everything fits together. This one's really hard to, like, place. Because yeah, no, yeah, totally. It doesn't seem like our planet like everything else does. Well, no, yeah, there's two moons. Yeah, like, well, yeah. It's, like, com- it's completely different, like, world. Like, 
I mean, the again, with going back to what I said, like the Incredibles, that did feature the humans, but they are superhuman. Um, but I mean, like they're all like kind of like on Earth because Cars is Route 66. That's a real life place. It's just that it's kind of changed a little bit. This is like it's yeah, another even, planet. It's not even even Earth. even Monsters Inc. had, you know, like they were, you were focused on monsters, but like they're human. They there. were living on the other side of the closet. So they were technically still inhabiting the same world and earth as us yeah there's just a that different dimension sense, yeah. that they're from so i mean it's just like i there i know those people who do those pixar theories are like what the heck how do we fit <laughs> um but I, yeah, I know there's gonna be a way to fit it in it's just um again it's not one of my like i said it's not one of my favorites I, I there were some funny things in there like i did like the motorcycle gang of pixies oh my goodness those guys were whole <laughs> especially when barley was um shrunk and he's like trying yeah, to take a fight with him. with him. Yeah. And the dad was hugging like, the fake head out the window and it really <laughs> ticked him off. Like, really? <laughs> what are you looking at? <laughs> oh, my Lanta. All right, DJ. Yeah. Sorry. My full house. Uh, yeah, that that movie was I don't know. I, I on the I guess the newer movies that have been coming out of Disney slash Pixar. It uh, it was one of the it was in the. It's kind of like the top top four or five for me. I really, I think it had a decent number of elements that just kind of had it all. You know, it had like the feel good feelings, suspense. Completely came out of left field sometimes. So, you know, a lot of those, a lot of movies, especially nowadays, you kind of can, they're choreograph, you know, choreographing their punches. That you know what's going to happen. So it's like, well, okay, so this next, and then this next. So. The fact that there were times where, you know, because I'm that type of guy who likes to, as I'm watching a movie, try to anticipate what's coming next and kind of like search for plot holes because I'm a killjoy. So I couldn't, I couldn't with this movie. Like the things like that happened. Yeah, I expected that the Manticore's Tavern to be like, you know, mainstream, but I didn't expect it to be a Chuck E. Cheese. You know, <laughs> and also, did I, you notice that the the workers were wearing sorcerer Mickey type hats? And did yeah. you see who was cooking in the back? No, I didn't see who was cooking. Remy. Re- oh, was it Remy? It, well, a rat, but it looked yeah. similar to Remy from Ratatouille. That's funny. But yeah, um, I, I was yeah, the really cool thing with this movie is because in recent years with Pixar, they've been doing a lot of sequels and prequels. Mm-hmm. So it was a very new idea. So you didn't know where they're going to go completely with it because it's not a sequel to a movie that you've seen. So you're like, oh, yeah, I know how this brand new goes. characters. Yeah, yeah, everything's brand new. Uh, so that was one thing I did enjoy. And we also did get John Rassenberger uh, cameo in this. Mm. The good luck charm for Pixar. <laughs> Pretty much. Flaming death. But I guess, yeah, then again, you know, I guess just they had an all-star cast all together. So. Yeah, they had uh, uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, who I believe was uh, from Seinfeld. Very mm-hmm. talented actress. Octavia Spencer, she's all over the place. Um, and then again, John Rattenberger. You got Tom Holland and Chris Pratt. Gray Griffin, who is a very, very popular. Most people don't know her by the name, um, but she's a very, very popular um, voice actress. Um, not really going to say too much of what she's done because it's not Disney related, but yeah, she's, she's very talented and she was the pick, uh, do drop the main pixie. Yeah. So I, I think what really makes me like 
really give the kudos to the to the cast on this one is a lot of times you know back when we were when we were kids in like the Disney Renaissance with your little mermaid beating the beast and all, even Aladdin. before that Aladdin yeah they were they were casting some really good high caliber I guess singers you know of course they always cast Broadway singers like Idina Menzel to to sing um even as far back as going to Milan and Aladdin and stuff, they've always been casting Broadway singers. But up until like Aladdin, they didn't really. Yeah, they, they weren't. They weren't top billing a well-known actor to play that character. They didn't. And nobody yes, took it seriously. Nobody took animation seriously. Well, yeah. So nobody I mean, wanted I guess, to do it. Yeah, I guess you know when you're watching Aladdin, Genie is still Genie, but you know that Robin Williams. You know, it's like he acts and looks and talks like robin williams don't get me wrong ian and barley looked like they're oh yeah absolutely a little bit but what i had to give the cast credit for on this movie was after about 10 minutes of watching the movie i forgot forgot who was playing them they were ian and barley and you couldn't tell me otherwise well for that's that made me extremely happy for barley yes but ian he's still tom hall or spider-man like that's where i know tom holland from like he's still set, he's like it's peter parker um i yeah, couldn't i, didn't get, get, I that couldn't get past that for him but for barley he just sound like barley yeah i couldn't get i couldn't I, I guess i didn't get that spider-man peter parker vibe from ian i mean he was of course kind of kind of dweeby in the beginning but and he, and just, he looks like tom holland peter Parker, like a little bit yeah i don't know it's just i think the entire the fact that i could separate the actors from the characters and they very just hard to do kind of, now especially when you have yeah. a build ca- actor that's uh, exactly that's that's how they're that's how they're casting and even marketing any animation anymore it's like you know you gotta you gotta have a name in the headlines instead of letting the story carry it you're you're shouldering the entire thing on the back of a character like you'd reference with inside out like they purposefully put top build actors in that we everybody would recognize to play those characters and, the, and they usually way. do it for adults like for example inside out lewis black a very very funny adult themed comedian who's staples being angry as anger and it, you know it's yeah. him there's nothing yeah. he says and you're like oh that's not lewis no it's lewis black so yeah and amy poehler who doesn't mm-hmm. know amy poehler is joy so I get that, but at the same time, watching the movie, I couldn't separate joy from Amy Poehler and anger from. I couldn't, like, I just they still they were there. They acted and talked and behaved in the same way other characters that those people have played have done in non animation acting. Yeah. I'm not saying Amy Poehler is all of her characters. You know, I'm not saying that she, but like. Even like that's just the character she plays. She kind of typecasts herself. And yeah, it's a lot of like look at Owen Wilson as Lightning McQueen. Wow. Yeah, kacha. It's the same thing. Like (laughs) it's Owen Wilson. So and Iago, Gilbert Gottfried. Like it's Gilbert Gottfried. Yeah, and he had that crass humor that Gilbert Gottfried was also known for. The same way Robin Williams had that kind of goofiness, though it fit yeah. with the genie. Yeah, I so I yeah that's that was also one of the big parts I liked about Onward was that. Um, now that we've ruined Onward for the rest of pretty much everybody, you got anything else to say about it? No, I mean uh, again, not one of my favorites. Great 
it's a great movie for what it is. It's totally it's new. It, it you had no idea where it was going for the most part. The fact that they come back to where they started was a complete. Oh man, yeah, I did not. Turn. I'm like, oh okay. As they were climbing that ladder towards the the manhole cover, I kind of thought, "What? This is not going to be it. They're they're going to come out somewhere that's like completely mundane and stupid." I didn't expect it to be the high school, <laughs> but I I expected a twist like this is not like it's going to be something that's going to be like, "Well, that was a waste of time." Yeah. But the fact that it was the high school that <laughs> that was hilarious. And that dragon's face being the high school mascot. Oh. Yeah, who apparently, when I was reading stuff about it before, not like for this, but like just before, uh, it's apparently supposed to be a um, caricature of Figment. Figment, yeah. yeah. My wife loves Figment. The first time she saw that, she goes, you know, that looks a lot like Figment. I'm like, I don't anticipate that was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> but like the, the, first, other... the first time she saw that picture on the wall, she's like, yeah, yeah it looks like Figment. The other really cool thing is there wasn't really a villain. I guess you can count the dragon as a villain, but it's not really a villain. It doesn't follow them throughout the whole thing. Really, the villain is themselves, but they're also the heroes yeah. because their they're fight, they're fighting yeah. each other. So they're each other's villain, but they're also their own hero. So it was really cool that there wasn't like a villain of the of the movie. Yeah, um, that's true. Each person was a villain to other people. Like the cop was also a villain to them, but he was also trying to help them. So, and the mom, same thing. The man yeah. court, like they're all. I think they're like their own yeah. self doubt was their yep. own villain. It was just a feel good movie. Yeah. Cool. So from feel good movies to feel good places that we all wish we could be right now. Um, we've decided to choose today to talk about Epcot in Disney's Animal Kingdom for our two places we're going to we're going to mention. So our challenge that we we posed upon ourselves was I guess it was mostly me was to choose a must do ride, snack and like photo op or experience in Epcot and Animal Kingdom. So if you're in Disney World, you're in that park every time we're there. This ride, this snack, and this experience, or else you've kind of failed. Like, that's how – that's that's the challenge today. So I guess we could we start with Epcot. John, if you were – you're at Epcot, there's a ride you must experience, and you will be fight tooth and nail to get on it. What is it? There's three that I would ride, and I'm three. pretty sure one of them you, you're probably going to pick. The other one um, – is kind of my second choice. I'm going to go with my first one, which is Test Track. Test Track. Oh, okay, Test Track. I love Test Track. It's in my top three for the park, I think. But why Test Track? Um, I just, I just like the whole aspect. It's kind of like a roller coaster, but it's also kind of, it, it's kind of has a story. It, it's completely different aspect to a roller coaster. Um, mm-hmm. It's different, especially the first time when we went on it. Um, yeah, it's changed a few times. Yeah, no, when they when we first went on, it was like crash te- test dummies. I don't know if it's mm-hmm. still like that. No, um, it's more of a simulated uh, just car experience. Well, you're it's you're still kind of testing. Uh, it's like a test car, so you're working. I think for Chevrolet now. Yeah, it's now Chevrolet. Um, yeah, so you've built a test car, quote unquote. Okay. While you're while you're in the queue and you're running it through its paces, so you're doing like the speed test, a, 
a sudden stop test, a swerve test. So it still has all of those elements, but you're not assuming that the role of a crash test dummy are going to, of course, be crashed. You're testing your car's capability. Okay. And there's a little screen as you're going through it that'll actually, like, it'll rank what car, like, what how you, you know, how you built your car throughout the queue. It ranks you versus other people. Yeah. You know, you, of course, you're all going through the same ride, but, like, your car is performing blank blank better than somebody else's car mm-hmm. so it's like a little bit of a interactive experience yeah as well. but it's just it's a completely different um feel to a normal roller coaster. it's still a roller coaster True. but it's a completely different feel and especially when you're in epcot you're not going to find like a lot of ride attractions um yeah so this is pretty much your roller coaster and that's the things that i like the best are the roller coasters yeah, I also one other point about that. I like how it is basically two experiences in one. Like you have that kind of wild mousey, zigzagging, strange but still storytelling ride that Disney is known for mm-hmm. in the first half of the ride. And then you do like the loop where it takes you outside and you do the the speed yeah. test. That's more or less just a roller coaster. You go outside, you're going as fast as possible around a bank turn, and then you come back. Let me tell you, if you haven't done that ride at night, I've never done it at night. You next time you have to. I had never done it at night either. I'd always been like one of the first things I did when I got to the park. Last time I was there this past January, I waited um, until night, and oh my goodness, when you break through those those doors at the end to go outside you are basically pointed towards um like you know you're going out away from the main part of the park you make that bank turn and you can see spaceship earth all aglow because it's you know it's colored up at night and it's pretty much all you can see you know you can see the lights and stuff but like just and even that sudden temperature change but it's still cool out so you're going from the air condition to like sudden cool crisp air of the night it's a completely different experience going around that banked loop at night than it is during the day. Mm-hmm. And this, again, with the lighting and everything of Epcot at night, it's I would def I I prefer it like ninety five percent of the time more at night than I would during the day. It's just it's that much different, and I never experienced it at night, and I kind of kick myself now that I waited this long to do it. So next time, do that. Yeah, but for it- me. It's just oh, a, sorry. it's just a really cool attraction and, and I every time I go, I make sure I get on this ride. Absolutely. My ride like that is Soren. Um from everything from Patrick Warburton's monotone <laughs> I love Patrick um, Warburton. Yeah. Reading of the rules and talking about the not wearing your Mickey Mouse ears when you're hopping on the flight. And the fact is like they, they, they treat it like a flight, like you know, there's flight attendants and you're hopping on. And then when you get in there, it's just so different and immersive. You know, you're on the simulated simulated hang glider, and you smell the African savanna, and you smell the orange groves, and there are like whales jumping around. It's it's one of those rides I can lose myself in. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's really cool. I remember the first time that they brought it there uh, was when we were in high school, but they they brought. A ride. Soaring over California. Yeah, well, they yeah they brought a ride from every Disney park um, over to Disney World. So they had that uh, monster truck thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
from whatever, and they had Soren, and they had a couple other ones, and then they kept Soren. So yeah, Soren, I have to say, is like a highlight. It's one of the gems of of Epcot, and I if I don't get on Soren, I, I I honestly I don't know. I wouldn't know what I'd do to myself because I've never been to Epcot and not rode Soren. Even if I'm like a half park day at Epcot, I find a way to get on there. Just because I can ride that thing all day and not be not be tired of it. Yeah, it's it's, it's just, really cool because yeah. the way that it it's like when you're sitting there when you're getting in it. I remember the first time I'm like, how the heck are they supposed to make this actually feel like a real hang glider when you can see everything? But the way that they tilt you, yeah, and, and you're staggered, so like you don't yeah. even see the people's feet hanging in front of you. Like they stagger it just right and. The, portions are perfect and i mean honestly you forget the person next to you is even there yeah it's really like, cool like i mean yeah you're going with your your husband your wife your kids when you're on soaring you forget they're there unless like I mean, unless you look over but like it you just get sucked in that much that you look back and forth like the whole it's it's so like you know almost imax theater-esque that no matter which way you look, unless you look completely 90 degrees to your left or right, there's nothing around that you in your field of vision but the screen. So there's always something new to see, whether it's the the hidden Mickeys in the sky or in the um, in the balloons or in the, the ground. There are, of course, hidden Mickeys all over it. So if whether you're looking for that or whether you're just like enjoying the experience of yeah the 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 wildlife and the experience and that feeling of weightlessness as you're flying it's yeah i i can't talk enough about it but i'm gonna have to stop myself yeah that's my third that's my third um yeah favorite um well now that now that we've rode our rides we're getting a little hungry um yeah we are you want a snack john you're you're in epcot say you know hovering above epcot in the middle nothing is too far away to walk What's your snack? Well, it's closed now. Um, it's not no. really a snack. I can, I would say, it's a drink. I, I, I love Club Cool. See, uh, yeah, okay. I'll talk to you about that too. Um, I'll go with my snack first, because then we'll use your snack to be my experience. Because oh, that was I your experience. I overlapped the two. Um, so I'll talk my snack first. Um, join me if you will. We'll go to France. Actually, this was my experience. I messed up. <laughs> oh, okay. Then what would be your snack? Um, I'm not really much of. I never really grab snacks, so I kind of looked at some stuff that I know I would like. And this is actually a newer snack: uh, pumpkin spice funnel cake. Oh, it started 2019 in the festival yeah. of the holidays. Um, I love funnel cake, and I was just kind of looking at snacks because usually, for the most part, I don't grab snacks. Um, oh, I'm a snacker. Yeah, I don't grab snacks, so I always have my snack credits at the end. But when I saw that, I'm like, okay, if they have this the next time I go, I'm getting it because I like pumpkin spice. I'm a basic girl. <laughs> oh, dude, you kidding me? You're talking to pumpkin spice. Like, I, the only, yeah, the only thing I'm missing is my Ugg boots. But yeah, I love pumpkin spice, funnel cakes. You, I mean, you can't go wrong. Sh- sugar on French fries, pretty much. So where are you getting this? Like, um, where in the park? Just for all the guests, it says that uh, you can get it at the American Adventure and the Jap in the Japan Pavilion. Is it seasonal? I don't. It doesn't say. It just says it. Um, rolling out a pumpkin spice spice funnel cake for the 2019 Epcot International Festival holidays. 
Yeah, okay, um, so it was it was a seasonal. Yeah, so it is possible, but it doesn't say if it's coming back. Obviously, we don't know. Oh, it, but it better. I'm pretty sure it was a very popular treat, so I'm pretty sure they're going to bring it back at some point. But if you even just look this stuff up, look at pictures of it. I mean, there it looks like there's – it doesn't even look like whipped cream. It looks like ice cream is on top of it. But it could be whipped cream, but it has the pumpkin spice on top of the, the cream on top. It's a big, huge plate of funnel cake. It just looks delicious. I want some now. Okay, so while we're while we're getting that from the American Pavilion, if you walk on over with me to the France Pavilion, that's where you'll you'll find. And I'm going to butcher the heck out of the name of the restaurant, La Vigne de Chef de France. Um, it's it's tucked back in there, but that's where you're going to find your your Citron slush. I am a sucker, as we've all talked about, for for alcoholic beverages at Disney parks, and that is a Grey Goose Citron vodka and lemonade slush mm. and i mean we've, we've kind of discussed this i'm a left turner into the world showcase left is red i know i used to go right but i like to end with my canadian beer as like a gift to myself so if you turn left towards the end as you're coming around the last bit of the circle you're hitting france so you've been you've been in the world showcase for a while now and just to cool you down that it's such a good it's like lemony vodka but it's not super strong it's oh it's so good and um they have other slushes there there's an orange slush with grand Marnier and so but definitely hit up that that stand at levine de shift to france and you'll you'll be having a good day so i guess our experiences i asked i had a contingency to club cool because it um it's called regola because it's closed. Uh, Why well, had a contingency? Because you know, if I was going to choose it as an experience, I wanted to mention it and then back off because it was closed. So you start off. We'll talk about it and then we'll do my experience as well. Of course, guys, we're talking about the experience we love to do at Epcot. Club Cool used to be there. It is closed now because of the remodeling, remodeling. of Epcot. Which, if you didn't know about it, go check out the first episode. Yes, of the we did talk at length about that. So what? What's your? Uh, What's your love and experience of Club Cool? Um, it's air conditioned. Awesome. <laughs> um, just like That's the queue like of Soren is very cold. It's yeah. bet one of the best waiting queues ever. You can literally sit on it's carpeted floor. You can sit on the floor and while you're waiting. You don't even and have they to have stand. those they also have the, the little like um, trivia game show you can play on your phone. That and also um, who I think it was Josh brought somebody brought a board game like a travel board game in their backpack and we sat there and played a board game there you go so uh but so yeah to club cool. but yeah club cool it one is air conditioned and two it's, it's a glorified coca-cola gift shop coca-cola gift shop it's <laughs> the testing tasting of coca-cola across the world um yes. different flavors different types of coca-cola products um for example, yeah, one of the hug. most popular ones because it tastes so good is the um, <clears throat> the Where Mexican Coke. Oh yeah, with the cane sugar. The they best. have that that um, honeydew melon, I believe it is Fanta. No, not mine. Holy cow, is that good? I don't drink that. Well, you better. Well, you. And then can. there's also there's also Beverly. Beverly. Oh, oh so yeah, 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 yeah. It's that Italian aperitif. <laughs> 
uh, soda, and oh, is it bitter? Wait, <laughs> oh, but you have to try. It's disgusting. <laughs> it's a rite of passage when you were at Disney. I think they still have it for sale and for sampling at the um, at Disney Springs at the Coca Cola big building there on the rooftop bar. I think you can still taste the Beverly there. I'm not, you know, don't don't quote me on it, but I did hear whisperings from a previous uh, colleague who was there and who had had it, but I'm not, I may be misquoting them, but I think it was up there. So if you just don't want to try Beverly, do that. So essentially Beverly is this bitter tasting pre, like kind of, you know, appetizer beverage that Italians apparently love, but for American palates, it is, it is bitter apples, man. It is not okay. And let me tell you, when I, I took my three-year-old, <laughs> I'm an evil, horrible person. I let her try all the other flavors first, and then she, you know, so she was kind of, had her guard down. She was at ease, and she was like, what else, what, what bad could there be? I'm at Disney World, I'm drinking delicious soda at, like, 10.30 in the morning. This is a great day. And then I gave her the Beverly and watched the magic happen. <laughs> the face scrunching, the tongue coming out, it. I'm telling you, for every parent, that is a rite of passage for their children to give them a sip of that Beverly. And you all know it. All you listeners out there with kids, you've done it. I've seen you on Facebook groups, Disney Love and Facebook. I've seen you giving your kids a Beverly. So don't even don't even say you haven't. And the best part is, is it's from Italy. So you would think, oh, Italy, they got flavors. They got. Yeah. Nope. You would think that that would come from like some boring <laughs> yeah but. in soviet russia but uh yeah you would think like like i'm in cello or something from from italy but, but yeah they had like pineapple fanta oh, uh raspberry good. cream soda all co- oh my god it was so good yeah. so now that we can't do club cool i also wanted to talk about <clears throat> there are throughout all of disney world there are picture shot areas i'm not talking um the memory maker or oh my goodness i can't even remember the name of those guys you guys to take your picture for you those cast members the picture takers yeah but they haven't photo pass oh man i had a had a moment a senior moment so it's i'm not talking the, the photo pass cast members that will take your picture but there are actual picture shot areas set up around all disney parks but especially epcot there are no PhotoPass photographers there, but you look for there's a, there's a sign and they'll say this is a picture spot shot area, and like that's one of my favorite things to do is to go around the Epcot World Showcase and get a picture like either myself and like or with my wife at the different areas and like the way these you know if you look for that sign it basically means you're going to be standing in front of a really awesome backdrop whether it's the um, the gondolas over in Italy or the totem pole in Canada, or I think there's a, um, a phone booth, like an old English phone booth in England, like things like that. Those are the, like the, it's the perfect place to get a picture. And if you're looking for one of those, you know, one of those people that likes to take selfies or get pictures, like even posed for in a while and having someone else take the picture for you, look for the sign for the photo shots, because it basically puts you in the perfect place to get the best themed and like, you know, cropped in everything that you could basically tell I am in this country picture. And it's kind of like one of those must do's for me is I got to get, you know, try to get a picture in all those spots when I'm in Epcot. 
so I'm kind of done with Epcot right now, and I think we could uh, we could take a hop a bus on over to, to Animal Kingdom and ride our favorite rides. So we just walked in. Here we are. We walked past the um, the Rainforest Cafe because we didn't want to eat there anyway. And now we're in Animal Kingdom. <laughs> where are we? Where are we going, John? Where's your? You have a fast pass. It's for this ride because you have to go on it. Where is it? Well, we kind of discussed it before. Um, yeah, we we've done this exact choice. Before, yeah, because I couldn't get on it the last time, and I was disappointed. Expedition Everest. Yes. So uh, yeah, we we're gonna just gr- kind of graze over this one because we've actually had this exact same topic discussion before about Animal Kingdom. I don't think it was a must do. I think it was just a favorite attraction. Yeah. But I guess there's also, you know, of course, I'm also going to choose, if anyone, a previous listener, say it with me, Kilimanjaro Safaris. Um, that said, um, with those two put aside, if you are looking, um, I'm going to also just throw a curveball in here. One of my must-do attractions that is probably not everybody's. So I'm going to say it's tough to be a bug. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I go on I, that every time. Exactly. Like it is one of like it's not one of the top build, but I still list it as a must do attraction. So I don't know why. Because it is I mean it is passed over by so many and it's it's kinda kinda dull and dry, tumory, yeah, but it's, I, it's, I love it's old, it. It's like nineties, early two thousand style comedy, which is starting oh. to get old. Um so a lot of people are like, uh, this is so corny. But just like a lot of the other stuff in Disney that's corny. It's awesome. Yeah, and I think it's like the only vestige of that reminds us that Disney has a movie called A Bug's Life. Like, and why didn't that not get a sequel? I don't know. Why did that not get the attention? I don't think it I, ever got the attention. It's I loved that movie. That was a, such a good movie. Yeah, Dennis Leary I, as I, a ladybug. Dude, just that entire, yeah, that entire movie was, was great. And so I think that's also part of why I like. Plus, you know, you, you're going into the tree trunk, so it's like you're burrowing underground. It's like the theming and like where they put it is perfect. Mm-hmm. And again, unless you see happen to see Flick and Ada walking around the parks, which rarely happens anymore, like where like, you kind of even when you're in Walt Disney World, you forget a Bug's Life is a Disney movie. You forget it exists unless you go on and stuff to be a bug. Yeah, and I don't know. It's just. You know, it's tough. It is tough to be a bug. Just it's kind of it's really funny. Just, you know, the uh, some of the humor in there is funny. Plus the, uh, you know, the the venom squirting at you, the bees coming at you. Yeah, the best part is especially if you've been on this ride and you're going on with somebody people who, who has never been on the ride because, you know, that bee stinger's coming and you are sitting at the front of your seat. So you don't get yeah, stung. I don't. But you're like, sit back, sit back. It's OK. <laughs> yeah, I do not <laughs> rest my waiting. back against them. And then you know the bugs are coming across the bottom, so you lift your feet up. Yeah, it's across your butt, too. When they tell you to leave. Oh, that's okay. But, I mean, the ones across your feet, that's Mm -hmm. weird. Right before they ask you to leave, they say, like, let all all the little bugs leave first. Yeah, yeah, Like, I kind of, yeah, I know that's coming. But, like, yeah, when you have little kids with you, that's never The bee stinger is the best one. Yeah, my hands are not, my arms are not on those armrests because I know when it's going to (laughs) happen. It's, it's you know, when Hopper is getting really angry and having his insects attack. I, oops, spoiler, gave it away. Um, well, we gave away pretty much everything. The, the only thing you can't get away from, I mean, unless you cover your mouth and your face, is the stink bug. Yeah, I mean, I do. I hold my breath. Yeah, I but I mean, it. it still lingers for a little bit, but I mean, that's not yeah. that bad. 
it's just like in Journey to Imagination with Nathan when he has the skunk smurray. You know, yeah. it's, it's you're gonna you're gonna you're going on either tough to be a bug or Journey to Imagination. You're gonna smell skunk. It's gonna happen. It's gonna be okay. Um, Disney loves making so, you smell bad stuff. Yes. They, they really do. They love well. They love playing with all of your senses. And well, I mean, Soren has that orange grove. That's oh my god. Yeah. Sometimes disgust is a is a fun <laughs> you know disgust. And it's a it's a fun emotion to play around with. So if I'm in Animal Kingdom and you want a snack, where are you headed? Wait, to? wait, wait, wait. I I was gonna give another attraction since we oh, already went over. Oh yeah, Everest. your little known your little known attraction. Okay. Well, it's not really little known, but Cali River Rapids. I love those type of rides. I do too, but I can't tell you the last time I was on it. Why? It's I don't know. They they have it's it's like whitewater rafting, but you don't have to do any work. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I kind of thing. I kind of just didn't go on it last time, and I'm like, I think I missed back. it too. But like, I want. I love this ride. I had forgotten it, about it, and now I'm. Now I'm You're hot. You you don't have to. You're like, oh, I don't want to. I don't want to. I'm not in uh, Epcot. I can't go on the in the queue and sort and cool down. I'm just going to go get soaked. Yeah, I can't sit in the Hall of Presidents lobby and enjoy the Magic Kingdom air conditioning either. <laughs> People just sit there. Like I would, I could take a nap in that place. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's, I kind of agree. Cali River Rapids is. I wouldn't say it's in my must do, obviously, because I kind of forgot about it. But now I'm remembering i didn't go and it's making me sad so yeah it is a it is a fantastic fun family oriented ride especially because you know again you're in that kind of circular raft so it's not one of those rides like sword where you tune out the world this ride is especially good for families and groups because as you're going through the rapids you're looking directly at people and so like their reaction and their fun is causing you to have different reactions and have yeah, more the, fun one of the best things about these type of rides though is because it's circular the people who are going backwards, you see a waterfall coming from facing oh, them. Oh, yeah, you, you know, know they're about you to know, get it. Then, then you could hit a rock and, and spin, spin, and you get it. So you you kind of think, oh, this person's going to get soaked, and then you end up getting soaked. Mm-hmm. Especially when it's the first person to get wet, because yeah. even though you want to get you wet. You know you're going to get even wet. Even though you want to get wet, you know it's cold. And you're kind of like, oh, no, 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 not yet. <laughs> And it's, it's that first it's a, person yeah. yeah they're kind of like a stack of and they're lamp. and that first person soaked and they just have that like ah <laughs> yeah that gets everyone especially if you, you don't know the other people in your ride vehicle it really helps you guys kind of bond over the the mutual making fun of that one wet person i mean misery loves <laughs> until everybody until everybody gets soaked you're all gonna get wet <laughs> especially with that 30 foot drop at the end spoiler oh alert. boy so yeah, that, okay. that's my other one, other than Everest that I would want to go Great. on. Yeah. So if you wanted a snack now, you're in again. You're not a snacky type of guy, but what would you do in? Well, Animal I know we both like Dole Whips, and yes, they now have in the Tamu Tamu Eastern Refreshments Tamu-tamu, Dole yes. Whip with either dark rum or coconut rum. Oh, I gotta have that coconut rum in my Dole Whip, which is new-ish. I haven't had it with alcohol in it. But oh, you have to. Try. That looks delicious. Make some. Get yourself some frozen pineapple. Some pineapple. Does Disney ice deliver? Cream. Oh no, you can make your own. I, I don't remember have I the did, ingredients. Oh, uh, that's that's depressing. Go get that's what I'm going to do tonight. I'm going to make some more. Deliver it to me. Yeah, like well, DoorDash it and grub up. <laughs> <laughs> don't drink it on Man. the way, dude. If you, that would be like. 
Disney Parks fan, if there was a Grubhub just for like a local like, ice cream <laughs> shop making Dole they, Whips, uh, oh, they um, they'd clean up, dude. They use a drone to deliver to. Yeah, to get it there faster. All right, so that's that's your choice is the Dole Whip. Oh yeah, Dole Whip with the alcohol in it is something I definitely want to try. So for me, that was of course going to be on my my list. So I didn't choose it because. I knew I was going to say Dole Whip, and if I was the first one to go, everyone was going to grow and go, here goes Brad with his Dole Whip again. But this time it was me. It was. So you called you called out Tamu Tamu for their Dole Whip, so I'm going to head over to Pandora and go to Pongu Pongu, <laughs> and they have a rum blossom drink at Pongu Pongu, which is, uh, of course, rum. So it's um, Bacardi rum, so you know they got some good stuff there. And you have your apple... And there's a desert prickly pear limeade, and then they they top it with a with boba, like those passion fruit boba balls. So it's like that pink and oh, stuff. Oh yeah, I saw a picture of that. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, guys, look up Google just Rum Blossom Pandora. It'll pop right up. It is. I'm looking a yeah. brightly colored. It looks delicious. Let me tell you, it is delicious. It I think it retails for about thirteen dollars, so it's not one of the cheapest options. I think it is one of the most expensive options at, if not the most expensive option at Pongu Pongu. But even me and my my crowbar needing to open it wallet would still open up for the Rum Blossom. Uh, it is it is really good. Those boba they kind of pop in your mouth, so it's give you know it's a it's not just a drink. It's this whole experience, and kind of notice a theme with me. I like not only just to be at Disney World, not only just to eat or ride. I like an experience. I like to be immersed. So it just looks, feels, and the whole experience is not like an earthly experience. I know you are on Earth, but the fact that you're drinking a drink that has these boba balls that you're not used to having in your drink, and then you bite into them, and it's like you have to... It's completely different. It just feels foreign. It feels alien to you. That also helps drag me into the fact that I'm on a different planet. I'm in Pandora now. So that's my choice. I'm going to quick give a shout out to uh, my wife, Abby. She, she would be remiss if we didn't talk about her quote unquote snack, which is a beverage option. Of course we are drinkers. Uh, she doesn't do a lot of roller coasters. I know John did mention Expedition Everest. If you're over at Expedition Everest with someone who likes to drink, but doesn't like to ride rides, there is a bar right there by the queue to Expedition Everest. <laughs> it is, it is the Thirsty River Bar and Trek Snacks, and they have a wide beer selection as well as a mixed drink selection. And so my wife has no problem with me hopping on to Single Rider Line for Everest all day. Because that just means she can have a seat at the bar. right? I'm telling you, the key, uh, three feet from the queue to Expedition Everest is Thirsty River Bar. So I never have a problem. I mean, I don't mind riding rides. I mean, I, I prefer to ride rides with somebody, but things like that, it's a three-person ride. I don't mind hopping on with another group of two people. Um, especially if I know I'm not leaving the other person just kind of sitting there bored. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So the fact that she can hop over there, go to the bar, grab herself a drink, and just kind of relax in the shade allows me to enjoy the fact that I'm I'm, I'm hopping in line. Plus, you know, I'm going to grab that single single rider line and get through there as quick as possible. So if you if you're like me and you have a a vacation buddy who's not really into the thrill rides, that's my wife too. Yep, have no fear. Thirsty River Bar is here to uh, keep them <laughs> to, to keep them satiated uh. and cool in the hot sun. 
that because Animal Kingdom does get hot. Yeah, I, I, so, haven't, I haven't been to uh, Pandora because that opened after the last time I was there. But I definitely want to try one of those. Drink. I never had dude, Boba yes. Balls. It's so good. They, they kind of look like tapioca balls. Yeah, but they're like crisp and fruity and cold and oh my goodness. So good. Yeah. I want then, of course, you have alcohol too. So. Oh, yeah. It's... <laughs> you're drinking some nice Bacardi rum too, so it really helps. So what experience would you say you have to do at Animal Kingdom? Um, mine is just the tree of life in general. Um, mm-hmm. It's one of the coolest things in Disney parks, in, in, the, in Disney World itself, because of how much work went into that tree. From far away, it looks oh, like a yeah. tree. The closer you get, obviously, most people know that there's animals and stuff on it, but the closer you get to that tree the more you detail you see on there. There's hidden Mickeys, there's characters, there's a lot of animals. Um, and one of the things that's really cool is some people don't even realize that there's actually a secret path uh-huh. that you can get up close to the tree. And it's open to the public. Well, not right now, uh, but it's open to the public. Um, it just doesn't look like a full path because it, it kind of has like the overgrowth. Um Plus, it crosses the exit path for it stuff to be a bug. So you people, yeah, it says as you leave Harambe, um, yeah. you have to look to the right after the tree, but before you get on the bridge, and there's a whole bunch of vegetation and overgrowth um, at the entrance. But if you go into that entrance, it brings you through a path that goes right along the tree, so you can get a lot of pictures. That's how a lot of those people up close with the tree and those pictures of it being really close. That's where they're getting it from. Uh, so the mm-hmm. next time you're there, definitely go uh, go that route because it, it's just insane. It's worth it, yeah. yeah, it's totally. so cool. Do you have the uh, the fun fact queued up of the tree? What what makes up the core of the tree of life? But I didn't see it. Um, the tree of life, the actual skeleton of the tree of life, before they built the tree around it. I remember was this. It, I don't remember that. It's an, it's an oil rig. Yeah, I remember. So I remember that is like. I forgot. Yeah, to me, that is, like, the most, like, that defines Animal Kingdom. You know, the whole recycling, earth, renewal, the fact that they not only recycled to create the uh, the Tree of Life, but they recycled a structure that is known the world over for being harmful to the environment. Mm-hmm. So they took, like, pretty much a, the poster child for global warming and climate change you know you always see it's kind of i mean don't get me wrong we wouldn't without a lot of the oil rigs out there we would not have a lot of the transportation and we wouldn't be where we are as a, as a society wouldn't be able to go to disney world true but if you ever you know you've seen all those scary documentaries and if you ever need to see like you know, they need a visual of like the destruction of the world and the, the environment guaranteed nine times out of 10, you're going to see an ominous picture of an oil rig out in the distance. And the fact that that is what that tree is made out of just not only did they recycle, but they recycled that to make that tree that, that just is the entire point of animal kingdom like that, the conservation, the recycling, the reusing everything. That's like the goal in the, the design, even down to the, the, the skeleton of that tree that it just makes me happy to know that. Yeah. And what's really cool too, is I was just kind of reading about it. Um, there's over 102,000 man-made leaves 
and each leaf yeah, is made the, of long. So they literally made hand. each one of those leaves for that tree. It's just insane. And they carved those animals into that tree because <laughs> that tree is it's made out of concrete. Like yeah. that's not actual. It's not wood. So they had to carve those in there while the concrete was drying. We all know how fast that stuff can start to cure, and so they had to mold it like almost clay while it was drying. So, you know, some of these large, large mosaic pictures of animals overlapping each other, they had so many different artists just like that. The skill it takes to make that type of detail and that attention to detail while on a clock like that, that's just insane. Yeah, it says here that there were only three Imagineers and ten artists who were full time on the design. Mm-hmm. So that's, it, it's that's just nuts. It, it, it's crazy, and it only yeah. took them eighteen months. Yeah, only oh, for for can you imagine for ten full time artists. Yeah, that's. I mean, they well, probably had some yeah, other whole, ones that were helping whole. too, but pretty much the majority of that was done by those ten artists. The majority mm-hmm. of it, and that's just, insane. Just eighteen months. It's nuts. Yeah, a year and a half. Okay. So I guess for me, my experience is more kind of fun, laid back, and it ties into John's snack. So head back over to Harambe Village Market. And right there, actually right next to Tamu Tamu, there's a little area in Harambe where there's almost always some kind of live experience going on, whether it's the, the Kora Tinga Tinga playing that the African harp or the Tam Tam drummers of Harambe. But that area, like, I I have to stop. I have to get my Dole Whip and stop and just just enjoy that for a minute. I can't, like, I can't walk through there quickly. Like, I know we're all headed towards Kilimanjaro Safaris. You can see it. It's right there. But I have to slow down right there because – those it's just the joy and the fun of those performers in that street is infectious whether it's i mean the cora tinga tinga is a little bit more laid back it's the harp but those tom tom drummers are it's and they do have other live experiences too there but it's like it's always this fun join the crowd dance and like your cares wash away like you are just there and it doesn't matter because these these performers are just doing what they do and they're just so happy and vibrant and I don't know, something about that culture even maybe. It's just it's infectious when you walk through there. You just if you walk through there in a hurry, next time slow down, heck even come to a complete stop and just just allow yourself to enjoy those performers. There are performers all over all the parks, but these guys, I gotta say, they really like, they kind of lift up your heart a little bit. Have I you ever really, seen those I, guys, John? No. You're one of those guys who walks through on a mission. Yeah. I, well, uh, Animal Kingdom is my least favorite of the, the parks, to be honest. It's in the um, bottom for me. Yeah, it's on, on depending on the my day. My wife it used to be that. Loves or, or Animal Kingdom. That's her favorite. Not mine. That's, <clears throat> yeah. That and Epcot, unfortunately, are the ones that I kind of. I'm a ride person, so um, I like Hollywood Studios and Magic Kingdom. True. Okay. Yeah. See, Hollywood Studio. If I had to put the two, Hollywood Studios is my favorite. It would be Hollywood Studios and Animal Kingdom on the bottom for me up until recently, with all the changes that have happened at Hollywood Studios. I love but, Hollywood Studios. That's my favorite one. 
yeah. So for me, Animal Kingdom was never like my rush to get there park. Um, if I had to choose a, a parks where I had, you know, had extra days where I would go to a two days in one park, it would almost never be Animal Kingdom. Don't get me wrong. I would, I would cut somebody to get some of that uh, flame tree barbecue, but <laughs> and if you try to take my flame tree barbecue, like those white ibis down there, uh, and we're gonna have words. But I don't know. Yeah, it's just never been like you know my must go to park. But when, but you, I always say that, and then I get there and I wonder why was I so hesitant to come here, because I thoroughly enjoy oh, myself. Yeah, I definitely enjoy it. Um, one of the new thing, newer things that I really liked when I was there, uh, the last time was that the Finding Nemo move or uh, musical, like yes. stage play. That was so cool. Um, never saw it before. I think it's fair. I love normal. that musical. Yeah, it, it's just so cool to see all the, how they inter, how they make everything look mm-hmm. like it's underwater. Um, I like how it's always that festival Lion King, and which oh, you yeah. ha- I have to go on it, even though it's that's one of those things. It's like tough to be a bug. It's corny um it's the same it never changes but yeah see, i like, like what i like about the nemo the musical is the tie-in to epcot as you're going through the seas with nemo and friends ride uh at the very end of the ride they're singing the big blue world song and that is directly from the finding nemo musical oh, i didn't even know that so yeah it's like had you never gone to the musical you'd just be like oh this is a cool fun song they're singing at the end of this ride but had you been to the musical first, it's like it's a it's a tie in and it's not like just it's not a movie tie in. It's park to park. So like one Disney park is actually referencing another Disney park, which at that level of immersiveness is awesome. Yeah, but there's definitely a lot, a lot of cool things in Animal Kingdom. Uh, it, it's just honestly not my honestly not my favorite. I, I love yeah. Animal Kingdom. I love all the parks. It's just absolutely one of the, the the least amount of things I go on go to is is Animal Kingdom. Like you said, for the most yeah, part, we go on for the most part for those days that you can have the the two days. You either uh, for me, I either do two days of Magic Kingdom because it's so large, oh, or yeah. the Hollywood Studios because I love Hollywood Studios. Yeah, to me, it'd be Epcot because I enjoy food and drink. So for me, traveling on the I would I like to stick if I can. One day world showcase, one day I guess they call it, still call it Future World. Um, so that you know, to me that's kind of like Ma- Magic Kingdom, where you kind of have to segment the park up to get the best out of your days. But yeah, I need to go to Epcot um, as an adult. Yeah, no but, kids, John. We got to do yeah, this. Yeah, exactly. So it's on the book. Exactly. So like, I'm not gonna go around drinking around the world with my kids. They'll be like, "What are you doing?" Like no, I'm no, and so again, I'm sure I mentioned it before for all you guys out there drinking around the world. It gets expensive. I suggest you do it. I don't suggest you do it alone. One, because of the price, and two, because you don't want to get intoxicated in a Disney park. Don't be that guy. Yeah, um, share. Well, obviously, right now you don't want to share drinks with everything going on, but share drinks. Yes, you only so, need a couple sips just to take it, take get a taste. Exactly. Two to three people can easily drink around the world together. Even um, if you buy last... one and, and if you have your own water bottles, rinse it out after each time. Just pour a little bit into each person's cup, drink it, and head out. My my wife, my sister-in-law, and I did that. And one beverage from each country really 
really worked well for us all. I mean, we, we tended to get some of the bigger beverages, so it lasted a little longer than frozen margaritas. And, of course, a large beer. We each got our own beer in America. But sometimes we'd get two if we couldn't decide. We'd get two drinks and share them amongst three people, but we wouldn't get our own drink. That was the goal. And one, it became super cost-effective for all of us. And two, we ended the day standing. We weren't dehydrated. We weren't drunk. It was it was a good day. So <clears throat> I do I suggest that. Um, anything else about Animal Kingdom or Epcot? We kind of talked to everyone's ear off. Yeah, I think we pretty much hit all of it. All right, so that about does it all for today's episode. Of course, uh, DisneyDo.podcast is by Brad and John Michael. That's us. If you have your own ideas about what we should discuss on a future episode, let us know. Or if you want to tell us about what we talked about today, like what is your favorite part about Epcot? What is your favorite ride, favorite snack, favorite experience, favorite picture spot? Um, same thing with Animal Kingdom. What, like, what is the snack, ride, experience that you have to do at those, those uh, parts? Let us know. Uh, send us an email to disneydo.pod at gmail.com. This episode is, of course, brought to you by Brad at Wicked Mouse Travel. When this whole COVID-19 situation is over and you'd like to start planning your next Disney getaway, drop a line to brad at wickedmousetravel.com to get started. All right, thus, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you real soon.